was that perspective that no matter what's happening, it's supposed to be happening like that. So there's no coulda, woulda, shoulda, because we're meant to take what is actually happening and say, what am I supposed to do with this? Hi, friends, and welcome to season two of the Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker podcast. I am Debbie, your host, and the creator of what I believe is a sacred space in which I have conversations with individuals from all sectors who are dedicated to elevating consciousness around different aspects of life. With a background in ghostwriting and editing books, content development, and medical journalism, as well as many other side jobs, and several years experience working for the international nonprofit called the Kabbalah Center, I bring you enlightening conversations with people whose work, knowledge, energy, and insight have helped me open my mind and perspective, alchemize perceived negative situations, live in a healthier body, and experience the world in a deeper, more wondrous way on a daily basis. I also desire to share energy and wisdom that I received from my spiritual teacher, Karen Berg, who was the founder and spiritual director of the Kabbalah Center until her passing in 2020. My aim is that you, the listener, are able to receive what you need to create new possibilities and find greater levels of expansion in your health, relationships, and business. It is my honor to connect with you and be a part of your process. I believe that we are here to support each other on our earthly journey, and I also believe that life's challenges are most effectively tackled from the inside out. Each episode of my show presents another way to do that. Thank you so much for listening, for supporting, and for being with me. I hope you enjoy. Hi, everybody. Welcome. I am so excited to be here with you today. I'm looking forward to my friend Michal, who's going to be joining me, and she is a Kabbalistic astrologer, and she's going to be talking to us today about what's going on. Michal, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here because this is my first. uh, I'm so happy. (laughs) Yeah, it's really fun. It's really fun that you're here. Thank you so much for joining me. So how did you get into astrology? And maybe you can tell us a little bit about your background of how you learned, because I know that Kabbalistic astrology is different than maybe the traditional astrology. Sure. So I am a Pisces. Astrologically, I am more prone to astrology than some other signs. So that's how I was curious to begin with. And then my mother studied astrology. And well, she introduced me to astrology. She was learning how to do it. And so when I saw she was doing it, I was curious. This was like in, in my uh, young adulthood and it was before the days of computer. So when, <laughs> yeah, when I first learned to cast an astrology chart, it was manually. It was like by getting tons of books together, which we had to do back then and put charts together. It was very, very interesting learning like that. You know, my mother was not a practicing astrologer. She did it more as a hobby than anything else. And I really didn't have it in my mind to practice astrology either. 
know, like most people, you know, it's a it's a passing fancy. You know, it's like, oh, it's something I look at. It's fun to do. I went through my many careers. <laughs> I got more and more interested in it. And then just one day I knew that that's what I would be. That would be my final career would be astrology. I would be a little old lady living in the woods <laughs> doing astrology readings. And that's kind of what it's it's turning out to be. I just wanted to like interject for a second. And another point about what you just said was that you kind of came one day to know what you were going to do and that you've lived this full life because a lot of people maybe who are younger, you know, we live in a lot of stress and maybe I'm just on the another side of coming over that myself. But I know when I was younger, I always had stress like about manifesting your potential, about doing what I need to do in the world. You know, some people have it more than others. So I think that we all have different jobs and different roles and different missions. But I think that's really beautiful how you just kind of came to know like that. That's very Pisces also. You just know (laughs) what you were going to do. And then I know you as a person and I've seen how you work and how you operate. And then you just kind of go about doing the steps to, to make it happen, right? Right. It's been a big adventure. And sometimes it looks, even to me, like I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why am I doing this? And just having that certainty and that knowing that whatever you do, no matter how it looks to you or to other people, it's supposed to be happening. You know, that's, that's one of the things that Kabbalah gave me. It was that perspective that no matter what's happening, it's supposed to be happening like that. So there's no coulda, woulda, shoulda, because we're meant to take what is actually happening and say, what am I supposed to do with this? So I came to Kabbalah in 2009. Kabbalah is an ancient wisdom for people from all traditions, backgrounds, religions. It's more of a spiritual technology. It doesn't negate anything that anybody chooses to believe in right now. Or if you're on a path, it's it's in addition to. It's not an either or. It's an in addition to. So I did that because every other part of my life was working. And, And I said, okay, well, what is the part that's not working for me so well right now? And it was that I didn't have a spiritual home. I was born Catholic. I was born in New Orleans. So back then, that's what you were. You were Catholic. <laughs> so, so I grew up in the Catholic religion. And then I branched out and did uh, some metaphysical studies and just looking, I think, for a spiritual home. I had several friends that were studying and practicing Kabbalah. So it looked very interesting to me. And then it, it attracted me a lot because it has a big astrological component. So that's a lot of what attracted me too. Especially with Kabbalah, as we study it with the Kabbalah Center International, there are some astrologers who have been studying and doing this for over 30 years. Yeah. And now there is a Kabbalistic astrology school, which I'm sure right. we'll do because I believe that you studied with the school, right? Yes. The Academy, it's, it's Akka. Yael Yardini is the head of the 
Academy of Kabbalistic, Kabbalistic Astrology. Astrology. Yes, yes. And I did study with Yael. All I'm still studying with Yael because it is it's an ongoing process. I studied there, did all five of the academy levels, and then of course there there are more levels because you you never stop studying. Right. And of course, you know, the your clients and, and the people that I help are also my teachers. That's what I love about it so much is that is people are just very, very interesting. And their their questions though are usually the same. Like, what am I doing here? <laughs> what am I supposed to be doing? That question about purpose. That's one of the two things that I find are the biggest questions is, what is my purpose? And then the other thing they discover in that is their relationship to themselves. Especially with the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. Let's say if you're quarantining for two weeks and it's you and you, that's (laughs) one kind of way. But it's almost like the universe in several ways. That's not the only way has been kind of pushing us to develop and look at this relationship to ourselves and and how do I relate to myself? How do I respond to myself? Instead of looking for solutions, maybe that I used to look at like, okay, I need to go out to find some right. solution to X, Y, or Z problem. Instead, I might say, well, why am I even thinking about it in this way? How do I process my emotions or even deeper kind of insights? Like what part of me feels triggered right now? And what does she need? Does she need to feel loved? Does she need to feel accepted? Or so it's just like in that moment, I found recently a lot, like just totally reframing and going into questions that perhaps I didn't really go into so much before. I was used to kind of either saying, okay, just move on and go outside of yourself or do something out there. And now it's like we've been put in, I was going to say a fishbowl or like a little dish. All right. Like an incubator. It's like prioritizing. For me, it's it's all of that and prioritizing what's important to me as all the outside go-tos. When we sometimes are uncomfortable with facing something or in question, we kind of just move on and right. say, okay, well, I'll, I'll deal with that later. Or I don't know the answer to that. So... It it makes me sad. So I'm going to move on and I'm going to be distracted. Distracted. And then it's crazy, though, because it's kind of a gift that we've all been like brought to face our shame. Because I think it's a lot of times it's shame or different pains or things that usually bring us into that place of like sadness and then coping with addictions or however we cope. Yeah, been really like forced to break down those systematically kind of like the universe is cleansing right. all of those mechanisms, yeah. but then the underlying shame that's creating. Right. Shame, right. Well, and why we're going through those things, right. you know, because we don't have to be we don't have to be shameful about that. You know, it's that perspective. Again, everything is perfect. You know, everything is happening because it's supposed because not all people are reacting to this outward stimulus called the coronavirus or whatever. You know, there there have been several 
pick your stimulus, right? We've all been pick your trigger. All, yeah. Yeah. We've I all been the stimulus check. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I that's what I choose. You know what? If, I, I want I know exactly what you what you mean. It's so funny. But what else can you tell us about the current transits and everything that's going on right now? Well, what's what's going on right now, the first topic that came to me as I was as I was thinking about, okay, what do people want to hear? So the first one is the most obvious one. And and I want to advocate for Mercury right now <laughs> because we are in a Mercury retrograde. Right. It started, and we, we, we will be in one until October 18th. People go, <gasps> it's retrograde because that's what attracts attention, right? Mercury retrograde, go, it does it three times a year. It, it's what Mercury does along with all the other planets, basically. And a retrograde is just a time to not take so much action. Or if you do take action, because sometimes there, there are things that come in that we do have to take action on, you take considered action. You just take a little more time to think through things and think through the details because Mercury is the planet that governs our, our thinking and our speaking and our communication. So we just need to slow down, consider things, let things in that maybe we haven't thought of before. And if possible, just kind of delay big action for a while. Until the universe sends the energy that helps us go forward with it. I love how you said that. Let things yeah. in. As a Taurus Scorpio rising, when people say let things in, to me, it feels so relieving. Like just kind yeah. of relax a little bit. See what the universe brings in. See who's going to call. See who's going to, instead of being so like pointed and directed. It's not, it's not so much about my will. It's about mine and divine will, <laughs> because, you know, we can push and push and push. Right. And we all know that sometimes it's not just our timing. It's right. divine timing. That's what I see Mercury retrograde and any retrograde motion to energy is, is like it's not actually going backwards. It just appears to be going backwards. Right. It's just taking a, a little pause Taking a pause also, because when I said before yeah. passive, I don't mean if you're not really into astrology, mm -hmm. then you're not really into astrology, but right. to kind of taking a conscious approach to use astrology to help me deal with my life more consciously, meaning I take more responsibility, meaning I'm more aware of what's going on, you know, with the energies, but to actively to bring myself into a passive state, but Letting things go, yes, but doing it because I'm consciously making that effort. I think that there's like a distinction there, you know? Yeah, not just reacting. Oh, my God, this exactly. is so hard. And just say, okay, I will allow the universe to help me with this. Exactly. <laughs> and then when the, when the wave starts again, get on the surfboard and ride. You know, that's so, that's so much more productive than trying to buck the wave, right? <laughs> Where we get, we get sometimes get swallowed up by it. So it's just, it's learning the rhythm of the universe and using it to our advantage.
the value of getting an individual reading to know where that mercury retrograde motion is happening because I can't, I can't tell. That's just the right. overall energy, right? right? So the next overall energy that, that's pretty potent, especially for people in the United States is that Pluto is making a return in the chart of the United States of which we're already seeing. I mean, those kinds of things are, are ramping up now. And then Pluto is like a very small planet. It's a very small planet. So that means in, in Kabbalistic terms, it's more connected to the divine right. than to our earthly desires. What that means is Pluto is also um, a planet of... What, what I can describe it is the phoenix. It's where we burn down what's not working and resurrect into a new self. And people, until we fix things, won't experience a Pluto return personally. This is as close we are going to get to experiencing a Pluto return. And you can already see that happening. I mean, it started in the run-up to the Great Conjunction back in 2020, where the old systems were failing and we were saying, had enough, had enough. These things aren't working. We know they're not working and they're coming down. Things get exposed. That corruption was there all the time. Corrupted systems, whatever that means, doesn't doesn't mean necessarily money corruption. It's any kind of corruption. It's any kind of not working. It's going to be exposed, burned down, and bring to a new life again. The United States was born, what, 248 years ago? We've had 248 years to test things out. And, and live with ourselves. So now we're going to get the chance to correct things, to have a new era. For sure, I feel that we're in a new era, like on so many levels. Like I shared it in what you just mentioned was the Great Conjunction. So if anybody wants to look up when that was, for me personally, perhaps the most I've felt in touch with uh, metaphysical and the energies that right. are around and they're within, like in my life. It was so powerful and so strong for me. And a lot of things happened like that. Like, yes, relationship, everything just poof, in a second. Yeah. I mean, that's what comes with one in 800 year events. Because Aquarius was involved too. It was in Aquarius. Saturn and Jupiter were conjoined in Aquarius. They conjoin, say, hey, about every 20 years. Right. Except they go, this time was the start of a whole new cycle. That's why it, it was a once in 800 year experience. So now did, here we are in Mercury retrograde rehash it going back yeah. in time, right? It's appropriate, right? Look, looking at what happened. I'm going to take it to move forward again to just kind of reset again to re, yes. re, 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 right? That's a uh, re, re, re. retrograde. <laughs> Well, one more thing about Pluto. So Pluto is also, because it's the closest to the divine energy, mm -hmm. what Pluto is also calling for us to do is tap into our best selves, oh, tap wow. into our higher selves when we deal with anything going forward. 
we know the division and the derision and all the differences are not working so well. And I'll talk about that more when I go to my third thing. You had a question, though. If you could just explain in a nutshell how Kabbalistic astrology maybe differs from the traditional one. How do you approach life from, I mean, I think in regular astrology, you can do the same, or I've had Vedic astrology reading, very awakening and helpful and transformative. But if you could just say a few words. What we know is Western astrology and what I learned first, Mm -hmm. right? Because there's all kinds of astrology. There's all kinds of systems and they're all valid. Uh, I just want to say that up front. No one thing is more right or wrong. The difference, though, in Western astrology, the one that I was trained on, is that they go by Gregorian or solar calendar, which has 365 days, right? So Kabbalistic astrology combines the Gregorian, they honor the seasons, and combines the, the Gregorian and the lunar calendar. Now, a lunar month has 29 and a half days, period. It doesn't have 28 or 29 or 30 or 31. It just has 29 and a half days. That's it. So it can get out of sync with the Gregorian calendar. That has the possibility of somebody being born in a Gregorian astrological sign because those are set right in the Gregorian calendar and also being born in a different lunar sign, right? It's not terribly, terribly common. And, and it does happen. I have a granddaughter that that's like that. She's born a uh, Capricorn in the Gregorian calendar and she's an Aquarius in the lunar calendar. Then you would have influences of both, right? Absolutely. It's not one about focusing on one or the other. It's, both. It's it's looking at all, all of it. And I I love the the Kabbalistic philosophy of we agree to come in with a set of strengths and challenges in order to fill our purpose this lifetime. One of the principles of Kabbalistic astrology is we are not our signs, we are not our planets. Those are the tools that we came into this life with and that one of our purposes is to rise above those influences, not be victims of the planets. And it's great knowing what you need to rise above or not. If I'm a Taurus, for example, with certain influences and the way that my chart is, so I might be very stubborn, right? Over time, if I were to gain a spiritual perspective, the idea would be that I'm able to overcome that stubbornness, transform it, perhaps being able to into flexibility or to transform it into something positive. You can use it in a positive way. If you're really stubborn, you can stay on something until the end. Exactly. Because Taurus is great for for their perseverance and for getting to the end of things. So you don't want to lose that. You just want to use it in a more proactive way because lots of people get stubborn out of fear. Right. You know, so you don't want it to be fear-based or your go-to just because that's the influence I came in with. You want to use it proactively and constructively and productively. The third thing that I wanted to share was that from now 
until the end of the year, the North Moon Node, which is for mankind kind of their purpose for the next three months. And this would be for everybody, regardless of your own natal purpose. It's in Gemini. And the transformation for Gemini is community activism, the power of now, and real acceptance. What comes to me is not just acceptance when we agree with something. Not just acceptance when it's easy for us. The transformation of that energy is to be accepting regardless of how we feel. So it's really about having compassion, you know, for our fellow fellow person <laughs> and, and wherever they are, regardless of where we are. Crazy. That's really powerful that you're saying that about getting in a now and acceptance, because I, in the past few days, this really what kind of came through for me. Last week, I watched a, um, a lecture by Dr. John Kabat-Zinn, and he is a researcher from MIT on mindfulness. And he kind of like broke through with mind, with the mindfulness movement, but like from a very scientific perspective and academic perspective, Sarah Lazar, who did a study on meditation and it increasing brain matter. And his whole lecture was about bringing your attention into this present moment. And now it's something that I've heard many, many times before. And you always know, like, yeah, get in the now, the power of now, you know, the book and everything. But it became kind of like just an idea and mm -hmm. really watch this video and kind of the energy that came through for me in the past few days was like, no, really settling, really bringing my attention and my why and my my being yeah. to this present moment. Because I realized that recently I've been so focused and also it could be whatever my astrological influences are, but I think it's also just the trick of the ego is to go overboard with visualizing the future and visualizing what I need and, da -da -da and staying in the future or spending too much time about the past or too much time in worry. And this lecture, I can highly recommend it. So it's a Dr. John Kabat-Zinn, and it's the healing power of mindfulness at Dartmouth University. And he really brings so many points that bring you into the, the power and the importance of living in this present moment. I've already I've put it into action, you know, in terms yeah. of, of changing. It, it really is. It, it And it's all about that distraction thing again, too. It's like living like right here. What I did in my past life was I also owned an improv theater. Oh, and your past life and this life. <laughs> yeah, and this life, my past. <laughs> it's a practice. It's a muscle that I, I think that Pluto and this Gemini North Node is calling on us to really practice. I mean, it's really kind of coming together and saying, okay, guys, things are tough. Right. Things are chaotic. They're going to be. They're changing. Get out of the ideas about living in the now and, and really accept what's going on because it is. Right. Embrace it and say, what am I supposed to do with it? Following that over this last couple of days, I was really meditating on releasing my attachment and aversion to different situations in my life and coming into acceptance of who I am here and now, accepting what happened in the past, making peace with it. Every time I think on that situation or wake up in the morning and again, like the, that energy kind of settles in. These are your problems and these are the situations you're dealing with. I happen to have a moon in Gemini, so 
It's something that I've dealt with my whole life. I remember when I was in third grade and my teacher took me aside and told me, you need to slow down. You're rushing everything. How are you going to live like that? Because I was always like, taking this, we got to go, next thing. So focused and so fast. I just wanted to briefly interrupt this episode to remind you that you can find all of my cosmic chats with video on my IGTV handle at Debbie Sugarbee. That's at D-E-B-B-I-E-S-U-G-A-R-B. There, you can also find a link in my bio to support my work or to sign up for a one-on-one Theta Healing session with me. Thank you so much, and I hope that you enjoy the rest of this episode. So if the North Node is in Gemini, though, that means that we're headed towards a corrected Gemini. Like, we need to be working on correcting the Gemini aspect of us. Just Gemini in general. Like, if if you or I had a purpose of Gemini, mm-hmm. You know, right now, those are the things we'd be working on. So the energy in the universe right now is for all mankind to be working on that. You know, so I love what you said about, you know, taking that and saying, okay, this is what I need to do because we can't give anything we don't have, right? Right. So the inner peace, the relationship with yourself Right. It's so, so important because if we're going to deal with all these things going on outside of us, right. we need to be in a place. This just popped in my mind, but a few weeks ago on Friday night, we have Shabbat Kabbalistically. It's a time when you can connect with certain energy. And someone texted me, Shabbat, but Shalom, like in big letters. And I don't think, I don't know if he, I don't think he meant to send it. I don't know why he sent it like that. But for me, the message was like, yeah, find that peace. Right. You know, it's a time to come to be at peace with yourself, be at peace with the situation, be at peace with the, how things worked out, be at, be at peace with where you are now, because then you're going to be ripe to move forward in whatever direction you need to go, you know, without right. all of this noise and extraneous uh, things around energies. And because the challenge, we also have a lot of uh a lot of energy in Aquarius, and that's what the energy of the Great Conjunction was. The, the theme of Aquarius is unity. And if we look around, we're anything but, right? So it's, yes, we are very diverse, and yes, we have all these different challenges and ways that we are dealing with them individually and as groups, and the challenge is to find a way to come together because and in spite of all of it. That's the challenge. Right. And it starts with that inner peace of myself, right? Within. The peace within. You can we can't give what we don't have. If we don't have any inner peace, we can't give it to the world. And it's a work in progress, at least for me. Absolutely. Every day is a work in progress. Every day things are more things are revealed and... Personally, I have a lot of things to work on and to, to heal within myself. Yeah. To, to work on the things that we came here to contribute. Right. It's like looking at your blueprint of the house, yeah. of your house. Yeah. And if you have the blueprints, then you can know perhaps if you want to add an addition or the foundation and then go from there. So it, from it's there. always good to know where you agreed to start. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's all. If, if there was one message I think that I'm hearing is that be our best selves and 
love one another. That's the answer. Because, you know, they're going to be, the challenges aren't going to stop. Yeah, because it's, it's, the, the challenges are there so that we can evolve. Freely. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. I love it. Well, th Michal, thank you so much. I enjoy your energy so much. And thank you for sharing your light and your knowledge and your everything. I love you. And to you and everybody out there, thanks. Thank you so much. And stay tuned because I don't have some very exciting guests coming up on the Cosmic Chats. I truly hope that this episode nourished your spirit and or opened you to a deeper level of connection or a higher perspective. Please subscribe, share it with your friends and family, and leave me a review. I appreciate your support. You can also take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram and I'll add it to my story. Until next time, be well, take care. Lots of love, magic, joy, opportunities, and blessing always. Bye-bye. Cosmic Chats with Debbie Sugarbaker is a production of Yali Christina Podcast Services.